Welcome to the Grafton Baptist Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit graftonbaptist.com. Okay, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. And I think we're going to be done with chapter 6 today. So, big day. Big day. And then we have one more chapter to go, and we're going to move to a different book to give us a little break from Matthew. In, and then we'll come back to Matthew. The reason why I wanted to teach through Matthew, because Matthew has this, uh, we have the ability to work and, and, and look at the Old Testament very well through Matthew. And I wanted to connect, uh, for everybody to see that the Bible is connected. It was one story, and it has one purpose, and everything points to the person of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Sorry to the people listening there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Verse 25. Without looking. Everybody, eyes here at the front. Without looking. Can you remember what is it that the Lord said right before this passage? I'll give you a hint. It was about money. We were speaking about money. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve two masters, okay? And, and that's where we left off. Um, so let's read uh, Matthew chapter 6. verse. Let's just read verse 24, and we, we can start there. But before we read, we need to ask our Lord for understanding, uh, because these are his words. So, so let's go to him and ask him uh, with a humble heart, understanding for today's class. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we are here once again opening your word. Lord, I pray that you would give us as a church a humble heart, ears that are open. Lord, take out any distraction. It doesn't matter how our morning went or yesterday. Lord, help us to concentrate on your word. That it would change our hearts. And Lord, I pray that as we're reading, I wouldn't speak my words, but yours. Lord, use this Sunday, and I pray this in your name. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. No one. You're not the exception. I am not the exception. It says no one. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And we get to the text of today. Therefore, therefore, because you cannot serve two masters, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your father, your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to, it, to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of this. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, 
O you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows, your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. If you're your, your inductive Bible and you've, you, if you have your regular Bible, let me give you a few words that I want you, I would like you to underline. First, we're going to see how many do not be anxious are here. On verse 25, we have the first do not be anxious. On verse 27, we have another uh, by being anxious. Uh, who can, who, and which of you by being anxious can add? And then on verse 28, we have another one that says, why are you anxious? That's three of them. Verse 31 Therefore, do not be anxious. And then the last one on verse 34, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Five times. And I think that we get the point of this passage. The main point is do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. And I saw another thing. Verse 26, it says, your heavenly father feeds them. Feeds them. Underline, circle that word, feeds them. Verse 30 but if God so clothes, our Father feeds and our Father clothes. So underline that, highlight that. He feeds and he clothes. And verse 32, and this is my favorite. Your heavenly Father knows. Your heavenly Father knows. Underline, circle that, and remember that your Father, he feeds you and he clothes you and he knows. He knows about your problems. So let's go and see what this text has for us today. What is anxiety? What is anxiety? Okay, we're speaking about being anxious. What is anxiety? Have you ever had, uh, have you ever been anxious? You know, it never used to happen to me until recently. I get up in the morning, and as soon as I open my eyes, I have to get out of bed. It, you know, sometimes it takes you a few seconds, maybe a minute or two. Some of us set our alarm 10 minutes before we have to actually get up so that we can just be there, right? But there's times when I wake up and I have to get up. And I don't, I, I don't even have time to say hi to anybody. I have to get up and I go to take a shower and I'm ready to go. Anxiousness takes a hold of me. Sometimes when I'm driving, sometimes when I'm driving, unless, unless... I try to bring those thoughts and surrender them to Christ. But when I'm driving, sometimes I think of something and I get anxious. My hands get sweaty. I start thinking and thinking and thinking. Has that happened to you? Hmm. Yes, I think so. Huh? I think so. We struggle with anxiety. Some people more than others, but we all struggle with anxiety. Anxiety, I found this definition by the American Psychological Association. Anxiety is an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. People with anxiety disorders usually have recurring or intrusive thoughts or, or concerns. It's, it's a worry about the tomorrow, what's going to happen over and over again. They may avoid certain situations out of worry. They may also have physical symptoms such as sweating, trembling, dizziness, or rapid heartbeat. Have you been anxious? 
Maybe, yeah. So what is, uh, what is not anxiety? Anxiety is not planning things ahead, okay? If you know someone, I'm not one of those, but if you know someone that is, likes to plan things you know, down to the minute, uh, if you're going on a vacation and this person has a schedule minute by minute of what you're going to, that person is not anxious. They just like to plan. That's not anxiety. I know that for those of us that are not very organized, we, we would like to point them and say, you're anxious, but that's not anxiety. They're just, they just like to plan ahead, and that's okay. Anxiety is not to have a proper concern. A concern and, and some form of worry, it's a, a, a measure that God has placed in our hearts. You know, when we are worried, for example, uh, if, you, if you start to notice that your spouse, something's off, right? Something in you starts telling you, raises a flag. It's telling you, hey, you probably should pay attention to it. That's not anxiety. That's just, that's just uh, uh, the, your conscience telling you that something might be wrong. That's not anxiety. That's not anxiety. Proper concern about things, that's not anxiety. Or even to be cautious. You know, cautious. Some people tend to be more cautious than others. That's not anxiety. That's not anxiety. Anxiety is then the question of what if taken too far, right? What if taken way too far? It is a paralyzing fear of the future. You're so worried that you cannot do anything today. It's a worry that does not let you live today. You miss out, and it, it has happened to me. You, you, you might be there present at the moment, but your mind is so ahead in the future that you're not enjoying what's happening around you. You don't notice what happens around you. That's anxiety. Uh, I, for example, I see my daughters. Um, they don't have to worry about anything. Nothing. We put clothes on them. We feed them. They have a roof on their heads. They don't have to worry about anything except when they try to take responsibility that doesn't belong to them. For example, uh, one of my daughters, at nighttime, she says, what if someone breaks into the house? So, well, don't worry. I got you. I really got you. I'll do my best to protect you. You don't have to worry about that. There's nothing that you could do anyways. So don't worry. And that's, that's exactly what happens to us. When you have anxiety in your life, many times it's because you're trying to take a responsibility that doesn't belong to you. It's too much for you. Does my daughter have a good reason to be anxious about somebody breaking into the house? Yes, because what can she do? That's why she has a father that takes care of her, right? And I want you to start thinking about these things. It might be very simplistic to think about this this way, but that's just the reality. You know, it's a basic principle. So let us go verse by verse to see what the Lord is teaching us today. We're going to look at the first two verses. Therefore, because you cannot serve two masters, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. And he gives us an example. Look at the birds of the earth. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So you cannot love money and God. Double, double service is not pleasing to God. Don't do it. If you're always looking for more of these things, of the early things, clothing and food, if that's your worry, you're not serving God. 
properly. You're not trusting him as you should. There's no room in your heart for two masters. Our loyalty can only be given to one. So the question that I'm going to be asking you throughout this sermon is, where is your loyalty? In whom do you trust? Who are you trusting? Don't think of somebody else. That person that's coming to your mind, don't think about them. Think about you. Think about you. Ask the Lord to search your heart. Because anxiety is really serious. Stealing your joy. The Lord Jesus Christ tells them, I tell you. Remember when we were going through, through uh, before, that Jesus spoke with authority? He is the only one that can tell us. I tell you. I tell you. So Jesus, once more, is speaking as one with authority. The authority of a king. The authority of our priest. Our temple. Our prophet. And he's telling you, I tell you, do not be anxious. It's not a question. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Anxiety is a care which distracts us from our goal. The goals of the citizen of his kingdom. Are you a citizen of the kingdom of God? If you are, why are you anxious? Your king tells you to not be anxious. Because he knows what is best for us. Because he cares for us. And because God is never anxious. He's never anxious. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Anxiety. Genesis chapter 3. Anxiety and fear, they go hand in hand. And they are cousins. They're related. They're, they're, they're extremely close, connected to each other. And we see the first mention of fear in the Bible right here. And we're going to see the root and the source. Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. Verses 8 to 10. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the, to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Notice that the fear is born out of rebellion from God. Before the fall, there was no fear. And now that they fell, we see that fear is the first thing that is present in them. Fear. Notice that is the man that is without a plan. Notice that God is not anxious. I mean, this was his creation, and he had a plan for them, and they disobeyed. And we don't see God anxious at all. We are the ones that get anxious. Instead of running to God, confessing, confessing his sin, fear took over them. It took over them. The worry of what if the Lord will see me naked? What will happen? What will happen? Fear of the unknown, uncertainty, anxiety. We will be anxious when we try to control everything around us. Taking the authority of God as the ruler of the universe. And within that universe, there's you. Trust in him. Trust in him. 
Let's go back to our passage in Matthew. There in verse 25. Don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Don't give way to anxiety about the things of life. But look up to God in, 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 and gaze on Him with faith, with faith that He will provide. If God has given you life, don't you think that He will also give you clothing? Don't you think that He will take care of you? Everything is manna from heaven. Remember? We've learned that. Everything comes from heaven. So why are we anxious? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Father. Matthew chapter 4. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? There is more than food and clothing. Although life and the body are vital for us. There's more than that. Our Lord is calling us to look higher than that. As citizens of his kingdom, we look to him with the eyes of faith and we understand the reality of heaven. We know that he will make things right and that's where we trust. You know, we don't worry about how much money there's on our bank account because we know that the Lord takes care of us. Every day he has taken care of me. In spite of all my mistakes. And you're here. So I assume that he has carried you and taken you through the worst and the best of times. Why do we worry then? Anxiety goes against our beliefs and our faith. Anxiety is a lack of trust in the king. We're never alone as believers. Never. He's with us. He's a father. He sees us, he feeds us, he clothes us, and he knows. If he is with us, who can stand or what can stand against us? And he gives us an example there in verse 26. Look at the birds of the earth. This is the example that he gives us. Look at the birds of the earth. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. And the question is this, are you not of more value than they? If the Lord takes care of the birds, don't you think that he will take care of you? Open your eyes and take a look. Look around you. Birds do not work to grow their own food. And I can agree with that. I've never seen a bird working to grow its own food. We all agree that that's true. They do not plan for the future like we do. Barns are a symbol of the future. That's what they are. We store our food and they're a symbol of the tomorrow that we know that there's a tomorrow and we need food for tomorrow. They don't have that. They don't have that. And yet our heavenly father feeds them. Yet your Heavenly Father. And I love that it says, your heavenly Father feeds them. So the question is, are you not of more value than they? Yes. Now let me ask you a question. Are you completely trusting God? 
for your needs. Verse 27. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his life, to his span of life? This question is a really sovereign question, isn't it? It puts into perspective who we are and who he is and how little control we have of our own lives. Here is a quick argument that the Lord Jesus Christ is giving us and is supposed to bring comfort to our lives because he's our king and he knows what is best. What can you do to control the amounts of days or hours or minutes that you have to live? There's people that try to have a really healthy lifestyle. They can still get sick. <laughs> they, they can still get sick. You can, you can prepare to be as healthy as possible. And you can still get sick. There's people that drive really carelessly. And nothing ever happens to them. My mom, she has 20% of her sight. 20%. She drives everywhere. She has never had an accident. <laughs> Not a single. I had more accidents than I can count. She has never had an accident. You know, we have no control over what's going to happen to us tomorrow. Today, accidents happen in a second. My power is very limited. It's almost non-existent when it comes to adding to my life. Non-existent. So why worry? Why worry? Verse 28. And this is the section that we learned that he clothes us. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of this. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Hmm. Why? Why, why, he's asking, why are you worried? Why? From his perspective, from God's perspective. And I think of my daughter from, from my perspective, I can see that she has nothing to worry about. Our father, from his perspective, is telling us, why are you worried? That is why I know that eternal life, the life that he offers, it's so much larger than I can ever Imagine, he dismisses the worries of this world as nothing. He doesn't offer something that is common. He offers something that is extraordinary. Something that will make everything that we love and cherish on this earth look very dim. Nothing compared to what he has prepared. So do not be anxious Consider the lilies of the field. Learn from them. Study them. And see what lesson can they teach you. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. They don't do anything. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of this.
Are you worried? Why are you worried? The lilies whose existence is so underwhelming, so fleeting, so passing, alive and then just tossed into the fire. Verse 30 says, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today, which, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Will he not, your Father, your Heavenly Father, also clothe you? Do you distrust Jesus? Do you distrust our God so much that you worry about your clothes? Do you think that he is unable? Do you truly believe that he lives? Where is your loyalty? On whom do you trust? The Lord Jesus is giving us right here the key to success in the realm of anxiety regarding material things. Just like the people of Israel, they were extremely successful. They tended to worry (laughs) we also tend to worry it's on our nature we're so fragile that just a little change makes us very uncomfortable huh we need to grow on our faith we need to grow on our faith and this is the rebuke that the lord jesus christ has given them will he not much more clothe you oh you of little faith where is your faith then charles Spurgeon said What is faith? And this is one of my favorite, most favorite definitions of faith. Charles Spurgeon, I I read this sermon, and he said, and I have to agree with him. He said, "The the more sermons I hear about faith, the more confused I am of what faith means. <laughs> and I think it's true. So he has this definition, and to me, this is one of the most wonderful definitions of what faith is. So pay attention. Charles Pritchard said, what is faith? It is made up of three things. Knowledge, belief, and trust. I love it. Faith is knowledge, belief, and trust. Knowledge of God, who he is, his character. We saw that. Our God feeds, our God clones, And our God knows. We are learning on Sunday school who he is. And after that knowledge, we believe that he will do what he said. Right? But you cannot believe, you cannot believe if you don't know. So we have to know who he is in order to believe that he will do what he said. And if he said that he clothes and that he feeds, I am going to rest on that fact. And then the last one, and the most difficult one, is trust. The acting out of our beliefs. (laughs) Trust. I, I struggle with trust. Do you struggle with trust? Look at your life. What is your life saying? Do you trust God? The last section that we have, section number three, he knows. He knows. Verse 31, he says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? 
for the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Now that we have been informed of the level of care that our Father has, we ought not to be anxious. Now that we know, we ought not to be anxious. Gentiles, the lost world, they seek after those things. Think about the context of Matthew. I think we have established well enough that his kingdom is completely different from the kingdoms of this world. And he's expecting from his citizens something that is completely different. You know, your country, when they call you, they rally you, they rally you to grab a gun. The Lord is telling you, put the other cheek. Walk the extra mile. Completely different kingdom. So in that context, the Gentiles seek after these things. Is there worry? They live for that. They live for the things, don't they? They choose their careers based on that. You know, they move to the big cities because of that. What about you? Are we just like the Gentiles? Are we just like the lost world? Or are we different? Has the Lord changed your life? We trust in God because He knows. Verse 33 and 34. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things that everybody worries about, all these things, they will just be added to you. He will take care of you. Therefore, our last one, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. <laughs> Sufficient for the day, it's its own trouble. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his salvation and his righteousness, his true righteousness. In the context, again, of Matthew, repent, repent. He had been speaking about true righteousness in the previous uh, verses. He knows what we need and he provides. He knows that we need the cure for anxiety and he has provided that for you. That's a father that knows and cares for you. That's his provision for you. The scripture, it's provision for you. He's not giving us an impossible task either. If he says that we can do, the, do, the, do it, it's because we can do it. He requires of his citizens that we obey his voice. So I have a question for you. Where is your loyalty? In whom are you trusting? The proper unit of worry that the Lord gives us is one day. One day. That's it. Each day I worry about his kingdom. Each day I seek to do what he wants. Everything else will be added. <laughs> but today, today I worry about his kingdom. Because all the things that we need will be added onto us. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. What are you anxious about today? What is it that is stealing your joy, stealing the peace that you should have in the Lord Jesus Christ? 
our Lord Jesus Christ wants to give you peace. I have about two minutes left. If you need to get up a little, do that. But please pay attention. This is just wonderful and beautiful. And I love my Lord Jesus Christ more because I learned this. What is peace? The opposite of anxiety is be at peace, right? But what is peace? What is peace in a biblical context? The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. We all speak a little Hebrew, huh? <laughs> and it comes from the word shalom, which in ancient Hebrew mean, meant to make something whole. Something that is broken, to make it whole. Like, like uh, the city walls. You know, when they rebuilt them, they would make them shalom. They would make them complete, full. We need to be complete. Isn't that the source of anxiety? We know that we have a lack. We know that we need things and we want to be complete. We feel okay when our barns are full. But what about when they're getting low? We want to feel that sense of completeness. Isaiah chapter 9. Let's go there. Isaiah chapter 9. When something is not in its proper place, our peace, our shalom is broken. What is out of place in your life? The Lord Jesus Christ is telling you, do not be anxious, and we'll see why. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Who is that? The Lord Jesus Christ. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of, Prince of Shalom, Prince of Peace. The prince that can make everything of his shalom, of his peace, of his completeness, there will be no end. As prophesies in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, this child born to us could be referred as the prince of inner fullness, the prince of peace, of completeness. Jesus is our source of peace, of completeness. Are you lacking clothing? Are you lacking food? He will fill you. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let's not be like the Gentiles. We have been saved. We have been given a new name. We have a new nationality and a new citizenship. So let's act like it. Because our king clothes and he feeds and he knows. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you for your peace. I thank you that contrary to anxiety of this world, you're able to do what no man can do, and that is to restore us perfectly, complete, to make us whole again. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here today that needs of your peace, that they might run to you, the Prince of Peace. That if we're struggling with anxiety, the what-ifs of tomorrow that are out of our control anyways, Lord, 
that they might run to you and find peace in your word. Lord, I pray that you would bless this day and take us home in peace. In Jesus' name, amen.